Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. My ex is Peter C. Hayward, and that fool is sitting right next to me. <laughs> we are in the same room recording a podcast for the first time. In like, okay, so to be real, in like our whole lives, because yeah. we never... <laughs> never. We recorded a radio show once. In the same room? Yeah. What it's, show? It's Sin. We put it up as an episode. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Your Te- Life the Musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a podcast. It was a radio show but I did back in the day. But it's now become a podcast because we put it up on this feed. Okay. Um, this, this is the first time we've deliberately <laughs> recorded a podcast <laughs> in the same room. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, Gavin, my cousin from last episode, is in another room. And that's the first time this has happened since we lived together. As in that we've all been in the same house? Yeah. It's exciting times. I Look, think so. Stuff's happening. And what's happening on Monday? Oh, we're going to have our live shows. Yeah, are you excited? Yeah, I'm mostly nervous, to be honest. That, that's so out of character for you. <laughs> <laughs> I expected your answer to be, I am unabashedly excited <laughs> with no negative emotions around the thing at all. Yeah, well, one thing that I've realized recently is that I have like crushingly like high standards of stuff. So you're saying everyone coming to the show, lower your expectations. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying like... Raise your expectations. <laughs> I think particularly because I started doing more work where my role is kind of like being the vibe master and I can be really critical about that. Yeah. I can, like as in I go to shows and I'm like, that could have been done better. And so I'm like, it must be. If everyone hasn't been transformed, <laughs> then it's not good enough. <laughs> but the thing is, the problem is, I'm really burnt out at the moment. Yeah. And so I think I've done a terrible job all the time, even though I objectively haven't. Re- regardless of the level of quality, you're yeah. like, not good enough, never going to be good enough. Yeah, exactly. Like I did a show last week for Melbourne Writers Festival and everyone was like, that was amazing. Strangers came up and hugged me afterwards. And I was like, I think I did a terrible job. I can't <laughs> shake the feeling that I was awful, yeah. and I've been like replaying tiny moments from that and not able to get them out of yeah. my head. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm in a like no win situation at the moment. Just like <laughs> I cannot win. But the stuff you're doing must be really high quality because <laughs> you're so, like not good enough. So Better I'm again. nervous, but that does is not an indication of anything. Pretty <laughs> how, much. How do you think it'll go objectively? Because this is the last time we're going to record before having done it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it will be good. I think people will have fun. I'm just trying to think of secret ways to troll you that I can surprise <laughs> you with. So I'm just curious to see if any of those come to fruition. You'll be like, here's a USB with uh, a bunch more naked photos. Throwing it out in the bin. Mm, nah, I don't know that I would... What would I... How would I troll you? 
Pretty hard to troll. You are because you have your like shame meter is just like <laughs> off the off the charts in the opposite way to most people's. Yeah, I like if you have really a shame care. meter that's off the charts, usually like you're like me, like very Everything. sensitive to shame. Yeah, but you are completely the opposite way. And so to actually get a reaction out of me, you have to do something that's like really unprofessional or actually mean or something, and like that's not fun. What would I have to do? Like if if you did a big if you took a poo on stage yeah that would be terrible don't do that <laughs> I wouldn't be embarrassed I'd feel like that's a bad show <laughs> or like if you trash Jelly Bean Games during the show I'd be like well that's bad for my business and reputation <laughs> don't do that thanks Jelly Bean Games is awful <laughs> I'm sorry wow <laughs> your face is actually I'm just like I don't think it is if you really think it is don't bring it up in public <laughs> talk I mean, to me about it yeah okay. I'm- Sorry, scratch that. We've got something to talk about later. <laughs> what is it? Oh, is it? Am I getting a puppy? Is it a present? You're getting a promotion. Oh, wow. <laughs> to not running a games company. <laughs> What's it been like hanging out? Uh, a bit weird. No. <laughs> Again, like, I feel like I could do both sides of this conversation. <laughs> what do you mean? So, As in you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Because it's so on brand. Yeah, yeah, you're very consistent. <laughs> What's it been like hanging out, Peter? I've had a really good time. Well, that's also very on brand. <laughs> Fuck is, is you. It, is it a good brand? <laughs> is it a pleasant brand <laughs> to Fuck be around? Fucking fucking brand. That's uh, happy. The thing that surprised me is that I've gone to give you a hug a few times. You've been really weird about it. I've been weird about it. Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, so I went to give you a hug. No, but like, what, what, what is being weird about it? Like, I don't know. I went in for a hug and you were like, ah. Kind of like the tentative two straight men hugging hug. That's my favorite kind of hug. <laughs> Maybe I just like. That I was gonna kind say you're, you're not even weird about it. You're just like I love that kind of hug. It's so good. Yeah. No, well, do, do you feel like you've you've been physically weird around me? Oh, uh, so I wouldn't say just physically weird. I'd just say weird. Oh right. See, other than that, I think you've been fairly normal. <laughs> well, no. I mean, that's why. Like when you first came over, seeing you was weird. Like it was weird. Tell me about it. Um. Go on. I was just feeling really awkward. Oh yeah, I didn't get that at all. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chill. Pretty uh, chill, oblivious. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> you say tomato. I say tomato. <laughs> you say tomato. I say potato. <laughs> it makes cooking confusing. Ah, I spilled tea on myself. You did. Don't look at me and laugh while picking up a cup of tea. Is is my advice. I can multitask. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I, I was feeling weird. But, I mean, I think the thing is that I've been feeling, like... Ubiquitously weird. Well... Not targeted at me. No, it is targeted at you. Oh, jolly Some good. of it is targeted at you. <laughs> <laughs> is this on brand? Yeah, this, no, this, this is on like, <laughs> Is this off script? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genuinely surprising the man. <laughs> this is where, you know, it's like the, the relationship has longevity. You can still surprise each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that, I don't know, I find it difficult, when we did the hiatus back in, when we st- stopped doing Elias, episodes yeah. for a few months, then we like stopped talking to each other as much. Yeah, just because we were busy. Yeah, and also then like, Diet Peter came on the scene. Peter Light. No, 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 <laughs> Diet Peter. And Is he coming to the sh- he's coming to the show on Monday, isn't he? Yeah, he's coming to the show on Monday. Cool. Then we like, just kind of... Stopped being in his in each other's lives as much. And then what's interesting is that because a lot of our connections have been documented, 
it changes the kinds of things we tell each other, mm-hmm. which is why when you came over, initially I was like, dude, I need to hang out with Peter. So that's why I was like, can I take you out for dinner? Because I feel like I haven't properly talked to you. Yeah, we, we, were, we were performing rather than... Yeah, which isn't to say it's not the same. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just different. And then you told me all this stuff. And I mean, the truth is that I've been quite worried about you. Really? Yeah. That's, me? Yeah, I've been worried about you. Why? Because... That's very sweet of you. Yeah. I don't think you've really been worried about me, other than my mum. <laughs> no, I've been really worried about you. Why? Um, Just like some of the stories you tell me, I'm like, are you okay? Like what? I've, I've no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you look like you're about to cry. I know! I feel like I am. Um, brief, brief, brief diversion. Do you think you're going to cry on stage? Uh, what, what would you put the odds at? I'd say like 60%. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> we'll see. Why are you Although, worried about Maybe me? not. Nah, maybe it's only 50-50%. Why am I worried? Yeah. Because I just... I think... Like, I only get, like, little bits and pieces of your life. And sometimes those little bits and pieces are, like, terrifying to me. You know, like, if they were happening to me kind of a way. Like, I'm having a baby. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, that is part of it. But not not like that. Like, I'm having a baby. And I've got this thing that, from the information I get, is really scary about business stuff that's going on. Right. You know what I mean? And then the combination. Like, I've had weeks where... Like I've I've talked a lot to about about it with my boyfriend. I've had weeks where I'm like super anxious because I'm worrying about you. You've never told me this. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't told you that. Anyway, if, that's <laughs> if, it, if it helps. You don't have to worry about me. Everything's kind of kicking ass at the moment. Yeah, well, even but even last time when we hung out, we went out for dinner. The whole week after that, I was super anxious. Yeah. Because I'm juggling a business and being a dad and relationship stuff and yeah 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 and i just i like i can't help but take that on oh i'm not that's not a complaint it's the same as like i went to a thing last night and then i woke up this morning and i had like a bunch of like just vagrant memories and stuff going on and i was like oh it's just like it's weird because like this morning i like just messaged a few people because i was like hey just checking in how you doing hey you how you doing? Um, and I'm like, why don't I? Well, I have done that before. I have messaged you and I have been like, I'm just worried about you. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, I don't want to sound flippant, but like you really don't have to worry about me. Um, things are really great right now. Ninjutsu ended mm. really strong and that's put the business in a good spot. Yeah. Roxy and I are rock solid at the moment. Yeah. We're chatting a lot every day about all the things. Um, having a baby. Yeah. Egg. Little egg. Yeah. Gonna be a, a baby. Yeah, I think I think I mean it's also because I've just been very stressed. So that's what I mean, like your situation sounds really stressful to me. If if you and your current state of mind were in my situation, it would be awful. Well no, I just don't think that I just like some of the stuff you tell me, I I don't think it would matter my state of mind. <laughs> I think I would find that really Can you say what? Stressful. If we can't keep it in, we'll cut it out. Oh, no, just stuff like you talking about, like, 
business things and being like some order didn't like could be really expensive or like this thing's gonna cost 20 grand and also i'm about to have a kid and like i'm not like my you gotta remember (laughs) what This this is a this is a key thing to remember money's not real more information someone just made up money you don't have to worry about it as a thing that actually matters it's just a it's not real i don't understand it's like it's like worrying about dragons or ghosts I think that's quite different. No. You afraid of ghosts? Sometimes, yes. I mean, like, I don't believe in them, but sometimes I, I get scared of them as, okay, if, well, I, yeah. as if I do believe that's in them. That's a good description of me and money. <laughs> See, I think your financial situation stresses me out. <laughs> well, someone's going to get stressed about it. Yeah. But that, that's because you believe in money. It's like if you were heavily religious and I told you about my son ripping pages out of the Bible... I'd be like, I don't care about that. And you'd be like, oh no, God's going to be mad. It's like that with money. I'm like, all this money stuff. And you're like, well, that sounds stressful. I'm like, yeah, but it's not real. Like, yeah, but that's money not... doesn't exist. Yeah, but it has like real world implications. Well, so does religion. I am so confused. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what do you mean when you say money isn't real? Have you ever seen money? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what have you been smoking? <laughs> Have you ever seen, like... You are such a weirdo! <laughs> when I was, like, I wrote something about being, like, come to the live shows. In Newsletter? one of the latest episodes that I put up on Starving Artists, and I put up an, an episode of this. And I was like, you can listen to it. I'll cry a lot. Is Peter being a freaking weirdo? <laughs> I stand by that. You are so weird. No, I'm just like, like okay, name one time that you've seen money... Like paper money? No, like money itself. I'm so <laughs> confused. Why are you trolling me? Because it's, it's really easy. Easy and fun. Okay. But seriously though, do you, like, what are your thoughts on money? Because you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think money is, is, uh, is one of the things that's not worth spending too much time worrying about. I so disagree. And I think maybe I'm getting more anxious because, because I've done Starving Artists, right, for the yeah. last ages and last 14 years the last 37 years of my life i'm only 28 but you know (laughs) preconception worry (laughs) i like the idea that i was worrying before i was a twinkle in my father's eye a little worried twinkle (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the more that i've learned about that topic the more i've realized that actually it is real. <laughs> it is real. It is real, um, and it affects us every day. But if you pray... No, 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 no. Just like that, That I don't know, I've just consumed a lot of resources, talked to a lot of people, and people have really different points of view, and I definitely don't connect with all of them, but that you can really benefit from paying attention to that stuff. Not like being completely beholden to it, so you're saying don't live your life in service of money, but every Sunday, just put you an hour out of your day. <laughs> Although, to be honest, I think Andrew Simonet in his book, Making Your Life as an Artist, he says, like, you shouldn't be spending more than, I think it's like 30 minutes or 60 minutes a week on, on managing your money. Yeah. Just um, go, go to money church. Yeah, exactly. Pay go your to dues. Money yeah. Come home and live your life. Live your leaf. No, I, uh, I, was, I was being silly and then the parallels kept on stacking up and I was yeah. like, this is quite cool. So can you actually be serious? Please, for once. <laughs> once in your goddamn life. I can't remember if I've told you this story before. 
When I was a little kid, like when I was 10 or so, a man in our church died. And okay. that was the first person in my life who'd ever died. Mm. And then a few weeks later, I was at church and he was back. And it turned out I'd gotten two men confused. And the one who died I actually didn't know. And the one who I thought had died was just alive. Okay. I am really curious to see where this story goes, but okay. I left Sydney in two, the year 2000. My parents moved up to Queensland. And then in the year 2008 or 2009, my grandpa died. Uh -huh. I hadn't seen him since then. That is the definitive list of everyone in my life who has died. 100% of the people is a man who came back to life and a guy who I hadn't seen in 10 years. And yeah. so he was pretty much just dead the whole time. Like, you know, he might as well have died earlier. And so while I'm aware that death definitely exists, I have no concept of it. Like, You're like immortal. I'm, I'm like 30 and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to cope when death actually becomes a thing in my life because I've never had to deal with mm. it, you know? Mm. So I have throughout my life just constantly just gone into massive debts and spent money on stuff Wait, I didn't need to. Are you getting confused with two words, <laughs> debt and death? Because they're different things. There's only two absolutes, death and taxes. Yeah. Um, I have just always like spent money whenever I wanted and then something has always come along yeah. and I've just had money again. Yeah. So like this trip cost about 10,000 US for me and Roxy to come to Australia. Yeah. And a bit of that was supplemented by the podcast, by the Kickstarter backers, thank you. And the rest of it, I was like, well, it looks like I'm just... I'm just $8,000 in debt now. Uh -huh. uh, and then Ninjutsu ended at such a high rate that for the first time in the history of Jelly Bean Games, I could get paid. Uh -huh. And it was almost exactly $8,000. Mm -hmm. So my concept of death and money are kind of similar in that like, I'm aware intellectually that it's a thing. But every time it's come along, it then just solved itself a few minutes later. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know money's... Uh, this is why Nicole is such a valuable business partner, because she actually believes in money yeah as a thing that exists whereas for me every time i run out of money it just i just wait a few days and the money just comes back to me <laughs> that is so weird yeah it's very strange so when you're saying because you haven't experienced death close up you're not afraid of not having money no 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 they're, they're just they're just two similar situations <laughs> okay I'm, I'm saying like i don't know what's gonna happen when i actually run out of life like when someone in my life dies for real yeah and they're just not around anymore, and they don't come back two weeks yeah. later. Presumably this will happen at some point, mm. but it just never has. Mm. It's funny because it just makes me think, like, that can, get you very, that can get you very far, and that can help you put up with a lot of shit. I don't know, I've been thinking, because every time that I put out an episode of Starving Artist, I... It gets in your head. I get in my head, and then I'm, like, thinking about that sort of stuff, like... I don't know, at the moment I've just been so burnt out and just really, I just want to quit everything. I feel like I'm in that in-between, you know, I'm in the, the dip thing that Seth Godin talks about, you know, where... There's a book by Seth Godin called The Dip. It's really good. It's very short too. He was like, look, I didn't have that much to say. I wanted to say it succinctly. It's a good, quick book. And he talks about the, the, the dip and he says, anything worth doing has obstacles before you can get there. Yeah, you what, don't. What, yeah, one of the anything examples that's worth getting to is hard to get. Is to. hard because that's what, otherwise everyone would be doing it. Yeah. So. So, like the, the example I like the best is, is like to be a lawyer, you need to do a bunch of law school, and law school is really hard. And this is because the people who are lawyers don't just want anyone to be a lawyer, because then they all like then anyone's going to be a lawyer. So they make it they make it to a certain extent hard to do, 
A, because you need that level of knowledge to be able to do it well, and B, as a as a almost a testing ground. And so you, you hear it, uh, if, if you're like me, obsessed with stories of the rich and famous, a lot of them will talk about earning your stripes or like paying your dues, basically, where you don't just become a famous actor, you spend 10 years as a miserable broke actor. And that's the dip. And if you can get through the dip, like the, the hardest part about being a lawyer is getting through the dip. Well, the hardest part about doing anything is getting through the dip. Right, right. I was being <laughs> a lawyer as, as a... The hardest thing is, so with starving artists right now, that's been a really successful project, but like... It's killed you. It's like killed me. So this is the bit where you go, do I want to do that again? And that's the bit, like that's the testing ground because you're like, how much of this can I take? I'm listening through startup season two at the moment because I listened yeah. to season one ages ago and never got on to season two and I just passed an episode called The Trough of Sorrow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Such yeah, a good yeah, expression. Yeah. But like I went through the same thing with Jelly Bean Games. November last year, I was like, I hate running this company. I hate thinking about money all the time. I want to sell this company. And so I approached yeah. 20 companies and was like, do you want to buy my company? And they were all like, are you kidding me? This company's worthless. Mm. And I was like, I've spent a year of my life fervently building something that is worthless. It's interesting though, because as much as I, I like, I relate to that and I, like, I'm also just embarrassed about how I feel. Cause it's yeah, like, it's come on, are you serious? Like, of course it's going to take longer than a year or of course it's going to, like, of course yeah. it's hard, blah, 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 blah. I don't think I've ever talked about that specifically on the podcast. I've talked about it with you a lot, but not yeah. on the podcast. And that's because I was embarrassed. I was like, I feel like at the moment I want to quit and that's embarrassing. And mm. if someone had made me an offer of any amount of money, I probably would have taken it mm. and stopped doing Jelly Bean Games. But I got through the, the, the dip or the trough of sorrow and now we're a profitable company that makes money. Yeah, I suppose it's also that thing, though, of, like, to quote myself from an episode of Starving <laughs> hey, hey, let me help. Um, oh, yeah, I heard something about this by uh, a young a young artist <laughs> called Honor Heasley or something like that. Uh, do you remember the quote? Yeah, that bitch. I remember that quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, in one of the episodes, I think it's episode five, about using your beauty to... The mini episode. To promote your creative That's work. a good one. Yeah, I really like that, but anyway... It's a whole thing uh, to see what people respond to. In the end, I was talking about like, you want to think about how you're using these platforms in terms of what job you want to make for yourself. So do I want to show my face? Do I not want to show my face? It's not just a question of, will it make me more successful? It's also a question of like, what do I want to be building for myself at the other end of it? And I guess I'm just like, I see no option at the other end that I want, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's what I'm like. I'm in a really particular place right You're now. You're in a dark place that is not representative. Because <laughs> I'm like, fuck everything. And I just recognize that I need a, I need a break, obviously. But I'm, I'm like, I'm sick of doing this because I feel like I'm just a broken record. Like I keep. Yeah, you, you keep hitting the same notes. Yeah, and I'm like, that's why, that's why I've found like some of the episodes of Being Honest with My Ex hard to listen to because I'm like. Oh, I was feeling this a year ago. Oh, yeah, and shit. I'm, and also I'm just like, shut up. We're bored of you. Be quiet. No one wants to hear about your anxieties anymore. Get over it. Move on. Like, I don't think anyone's thinking that. Maybe some people are thinking that. I don't know. I if mean, you are thinking that, email SJ directly. <laughs> 
and let her know. She, she'd love that kind of feedback. <laughs> Actually, just send me a letter. Actually, just, just write it on a brick and throw it through a window. That's the... Write it out on her lawn in flames. So <laughs> when she looks out the window, she'll be like, oh, they went to so much trouble. Yeah, they did. Don't, um, don't actually send that feedback to SJ. That will not go down well. <laughs> that is not helpful. Well, I mean, I don't know what people think. And that's okay because some people will think that and that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's okay to have that response. Like, you know, it's like having a friend who's... Dying of cancer. And you're like, would you shut up about the cancer already? Jesus. Look, I was going to go with a different example. <laughs> I was going to say someone who's in the really... Toxic relationship. relationship. And, and you're like, yeah. give up on the cancer. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, no. And so in a sense, worrying about my things is like a little holiday for you. I don't think so. I think it's just like the other side of me worrying about my own stuff. Yeah. So it's just it's, like... It's a reflection or a shadow. Me worrying about my own stuff and then me looking at you makes me worried about my own stuff and also you. Like, so it's just like more. Yeah. It's not a holiday. Yeah, you don't, you don't really have to worry. I'm doing well. If I'm ever not, I'll let you know. Okay. I like my life a lot. It's so funny. I think one of the biggest differences between you and I is that I'm a, like... Pragmatic? <laughs> really? Is that what you're going to say? I'm pragmatic and you're not pragmatic? Yeah, in terms of, like, money stuff. <laughs> I don't believe in money, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Wait on, you were, you were serious. <laughs> I, 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 I talked you through the whole thing of me and money. Like, I'm aware of money as a concept, but at uh, the same okay. time, the amount of money that I've spent and the amount of money that I've had never correlate. Sure. But I think I am like a, I'm a like prepare for the worst person. Oh yeah, we've talked about this. And My, you're like, I'll be fine. In all fairness, I have always been fine. I know. So you've got like... <laughs> Fine. A, lot, a lot of a lot of evidence on my side. But I think that you're like you have this faith that you'll always earn more. Well, again, that's a that's a trend that's been true so far. And that it's I feel like at some stage you'll earn a lot. Do you not think I'll earn a lot? I'm not. I I have no idea. Right, but if you had to like but put your were, bets either way. But if it were me, I, that's not how I would be thinking. Right. Yeah. No. I just, is, I, just is think, the thing. I think like this is true of both you and me. Yeah. Our profile is increasing. We're getting way better at what we do. Our network and connections are getting better and better. And our audience is building, which is tied to our profile increasing, but they're subtly different. So, like, it makes sense that the money trend goes up, not wibbly-wobbly. Have you seen David Reese's talk? No. Okay, I'm pretty sure I sent it to you and was like, watch this, and you disobeyed me. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. It's this talk he did at XOXO Festival last year. The talk is called... Total financial transparency, welcome to hell. David Reese is this, he's an American guy, he's a satirist, and he's a cartoonist. He's had a TV show, he's had an artisanal pencil sharpening business. He used to do comics for Rolling Stone. Anyway, he used this talk, it's like a half hour talk, to be like, okay, when I think about creative careers, people are all usually like, here's some lovely big advice. But when I think about my career, I've been doing freelance for the last 15 years. What I think about is like an undercurrent, a hum of financial panic. Really? Yeah. And so he, and he, what he does is, man, I can't believe I haven't made you watch this. <laughs> he goes and he shows you, this is how much I've earned over the last 15 years, yeah. like by year. And he goes through and says exactly where he got the, like the money from, 
like what he got paid for stuff. And it's just really interesting. The graph is all over the place, like completely all over the place. And it's interesting hearing him talk about as he went through being like so many times that he was like, now I've made it. Now I'm going to like my comic got optioned for a film. Now I've made it. Or I've got a TV show. Now I've made it. And then like the option never panned out. And, and like, of course this stuff happens. The TV show got canceled and there was one point at which he talks about how he was out of work, going through a divorce, and was working at the census, like knocking on people's doors, getting them, you know, like yeah. asking information. And he wasn't allowed to do that job anymore because he got shingles on his face and he was too scary to look at. And he talks about how it was like, that was a really humbling moment in my life. Yeah. And... It was interesting watching that and being like, oh, yeah, like that was absolutely not a linear trajectory at all. And he had the same attitude as you, actually. All right. Of he was like, it's always just worked out. Like it's always just fallen into my lap. So I guess it will. And he, at the end of it, he's like, yeah, I'm, how old is he? He's like 40 something. And he was like, actually, it's probably something that I should really look into because. I'm 46 or whatever. Yeah. And like, I have no retirement plan or anything like that. I don't do nothing about money. Roxy and I have a, a policy at the moment where we don't spend money on anything we don't need to spend money on because the Australia trip plus the baby coming plus Rox going on parental leave plus me having a non-consistent income is just like, do we need this thing? No, then we don't get it. But then like there's stuff like, so I'm making three points at once. Uh, my next point is look at your you look at yourself a year ago. Mm. Are you better now at working out how to make money than you were a year ago? Yes. Are you substantially better? I'm a lot better. Okay, I mean, I just made a print about this. Right. So I just made a print that's up on my Etsy store. It's of me, the first email I wrote asking to get paid for something. Yeah. And the last email, the most recent email that I wrote. And how long they took? Yeah, and they're a year apart, and they're very different emails. And so there's like, A, you're better at asking for money, B, you're better at evaluating what things will make you money, and then C, I think you're just getting better at the things that you do. Yeah, and I mean, then, at, and least, then D, I'm at least getting quicker at them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, stuff like hosting whatever things that you host or, or making mm. podcasts or whatever, like, you're just getting better at it. And then D, your profile is increasing. So the, the idea of me working for the census or whatever, like... My worst case scenario is I go back and write erotica full time again. Yeah. I started writing erotica probably 10 years ago now, six years ago, however long it was. Somewhere between six and 10. Like that's when I started, started. I was only full time for about five years, but I started writing erotica about six, seven, eight years ago, which means in the online world, that's, that's a generation ago, you know? Yeah. There are now, have I told you about this? There are now a bunch of authors who are directly aping my style. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go online to like various erotic sites and be like, oh, that's... Oh, this is this is really like A, it's clearly influenced by me. B, the person who writes it will often write to me and be like, Hey, you've influenced my career. Yeah. And C, I'll get a lot of emails from fans being like, This story is a lot like yours. So yeah. like it's unabashedly in my style. So like I have it's a weird feeling. I've I've influenced a generation of writers in a very specific niche <laughs> to write stuff that is directly inspired by me. And so in a worst case scenario, I go back to that career where I have definitely got a reputation you know yeah and that's just one of my various creative careers in five years time 
if I'm still doing Jelly Bean games, I'm hoping that, you know, we've had some level of success so that if I absolutely needed to, I could be like, look, do I want to go back to games or do I want to go back to writing? And the thing about once you've got a bit of a profile in an industry that's successful, you can go back and be like, hey, I want money to do this thing more. And people will be like, yes, you're very good at this thing. Have money to do it. So like the idea of my finances going down, like they, they dipped when I stopped writing erotica and started doing board games. Yeah. And they're back on the upswing again now. And in a year's time, I'm very curious to see, but in a year's time, I think they'll be at my erotica level, at mm. least, you know? Yeah. So the idea of, of my income dropping to the point where I have to go get a day job, I don't think is likely. And, you know, that's the worst case scenario. I have to go and do a normal job that everyone does all day, every day. Oh, yeah. I'm just like that linear trajectory. I don't it, think it's, it's not. It's not like straight line, but it trends upwards consistently. Yeah. That's true. That's for me, and I think the same is probably true for you. If nothing else, then you're getting better at it. (laughs) And you're building a reputation. Yeah, it's interesting, that reputation thing, because, again, because I've been burnt out, I've been like, I don't want a reputation. (laughs) Even if you don't capitalize on it, you still want that reputation. I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Just, like, it's been interesting being around in work situations, people with, with like way more profile than me and just like being like, I'm not jealous of that actually. Yeah. That's actually, there's like a lot of complicated stuff that comes out of that. That sounds like not fun. That's the thing though. There's people who may not like, they may have a bigger profile than you and be really successful and not making as much money as they could, but that's at least partially because they're choosing to keep on doing their own thing. Once you have that level of profile, you can go to most places and get a job much easier. Like, for example, a, a very big board game company recently put up an ad for jobs. Mm. And I looked at those jobs and I was like, oh, I could actually do all of those. Mm. I didn't apply. I have my own company. Yeah. But if my company folded, I could suddenly go and apply for all those jobs and yeah. have a really good chance of getting them because I have the exact skill set and a proven name in the industry. Yeah. It's interesting. I was on a... I was speaking at a conference the other day and I was talking about how it feels like, you know, half of my job at least is marketing. Mm-hmm. And people had this really negative response to that of like, that sucks. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be making art. Yeah, of like that sucks that most, yeah. Anyway, and I was like, but I'm learning a lot about marketing. Yeah. I mean, these are actually really transferable skills. Most jobs these days have some aspect of marketing to them. So this is quite useful, uh, which I thought was interesting. I mean, yeah, of course, transferable skills. Yeah, so, uh, or they'll win. That's why I think the overall trend is definitely upwards. And then if you can break. like What's it, breaking? Uh, if, you, if you can break in and have something be like a, a phenomenon. Mm. So, like, um, you know, Amanda Palmer had been doing stuff for decades and then her Kickstarter hit a million and two suddenly in every newspaper in the world. And now I think she's very wealthy. Yeah. Not necessarily from that Kickstarter, but that increased profile and then that led straight to her Patreon. And now I don't... I could be wrong. I don't think Amanda Palmer really worries about money on a personal level that much. I don't think she's ever like, will I be able to pay rent this month? Oh, I... Yeah, I don't think that... Yeah. I think that her, her trajectory was like creeping upwards and then there was that point you know what i mean the you see it with, yeah. with creatives all the time people who have like been doing background roles for 20 years and then suddenly they're a star of something and then they're everywhere like steve carell steve carell was in hollywood for decades and then the office slash 40 year old virgin both happened at the same time and suddenly he's you know the number one comedy star in america yeah 
But I mean, like, that's the, like, narrative that we like to promote. Right, but I'm saying, like, with... Okay, let's use a much, much smaller example. Uh, Emmy the Great. I don't know who that is. Right, so she's not, like, famous, famous. But she'd been doing albums for a long time, and then she did the theme song for Mystery Show. Oh, right. And I went and bought that album off Mystery Show. Mm. Like, Mystery Show was not number one best-selling anything. It was not internationally famous, but I suspect... Mystery Show is quite a famous show. But anyway, yeah. But she's not a household name. She's not the classic narrative. But it still happens in that way. Jonathan Coulton did his thing a week for a long time, and he was making money, and he was making more money, making more money. And then he did the closing theme song for Portal. Mm. And suddenly, every geek knew who he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be the Steve Carell to have a similar story, a similar line on the graph. Yeah. You generally, I think creative people will do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, and then find something that for whatever reason works and that will massively increase their profile in a small amount of time and then they can ride that out. It's interesting. I was, I did a a live podcast recording for Starving Artist and one of the artists, she was saying, I don't necessarily expect to stay in a creative career. I'd like to, but she was like, it's super stressful because you always have to worry about whether you're the in thing. Yeah. Like whether you're cool in the right way for everyone to like you and like it's so quickly the can dip. flip. And the thing is like, okay, so you, you're, you're going along and you're making a little bit more money, a little bit more money. Like worst case scenario is you keep it that trajectory or worst case scenario is it drops off again. Mm. Uh, but more likely like you keep that trajectory and you're making a certain amount and you can just make that amount consistently. Mm. But then like Dylan Moran was a stand-up comedian who I'd never heard of. Mm. He did a sitcom called Black Books. Everyone liked it a lot. He became much more famous, and now he's just able to like ride off that for the rest of his life. Yeah, but riding off that for the rest of your life doesn't sound attractive to me. Why not? Because, like, I don't know. Like, that just... Uh, that's. If you have one big hit, and then you can do live shows forever and make a living off that, I think that's great. Live shows and bit parts. Like, yeah. There, there's worse, worse fates than that. Absolutely there's worse fates than that. But, I don't know. I mean... If you expect exponential growth, then yeah, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, I think it's just, there's a video of, do you know Lawrence Mooney, the Australian comedian? I do, he's very funny. He's really funny. He's really good. And there's a little short video of bedroom philosopher, Justin Hazelwood, interviewing Lawrence Mooney. And there's this bit where Lawrence Mooney, he's like, yeah, you know, like when comedy festival comes around, all the comedians are like, oh yeah, you know, guys though, I really love stand up. Stand-ups, my bread and butter. That's I love coming back to it. Love when festival season comes around because it means I get to come back to it. He's like, I fucking hate stand-up. <laughs> if I could never do it again, I would. But I have to. And I was like, <laughs> You know, like, particularly that thing of, like, having to perform when you... I don't know. Like, again, I'm in, like, this really particularly negative space. So I'm drawn to these things. But, like, the video of Mariah Carey performing at New Year's Eve from last year where it's just shocking it's just oh she just does a really 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 terrible job and the idea that you have to like have to perform like that when you don't want to right okay so so you You know just like being stuck in anyway but like you know you okay you're you're dylan ran you're doing stand-up you have black books be a success maybe assume okay let's say he's like okay i hate doing stand-up i never want to do stand-up again Mm. He can probably, like, teach stand-up workshops and make a, a killing from that. I'm, sure. I'm saying once you've got that yeah. hit, 
there's ways to monetize the rest of your life. Consultancy on sitcoms. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, it's like it's like Bo Burnham, like after his last special that came out last year, Make Happy. He's doing more, from my understanding, writing yeah. for other people. He's like, right. I actually don't want to use my face anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be the center of attention. One, one of my genuine favorite films is Music and Lyrics. Yeah. Because it follows that plot, and I find that really interesting. The plot. Of the the someone... main character was a is a has been. He's a, he calls himself a happy has been. He was a hit in the eighties, mm. and he's still performing like live music at like Disneyland and local fairs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Right. Okay. So here's the worst case scenario: you have a hit, you make a bunch of money from that hit, you're smart with the money, and you save it, and then you've got a bunch of money in the bank. <laughs> like that's your worst case scenario. If you're sensible with the money. Uh, we need to wrap up. Cool. We have an outro from Helen Weiss, who I've met oh, now. Ah! I've met Helen. <laughs> That's so cool. Thank you for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review. And tell your friends Peter is my favorite song But SJ is his moon <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you good. so much, Helen. Uh, I'm, I've played board games with Helen and I'm playing board games with her again next week. Wow. It's an exciting time to be me. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Helen. That's so great. That was good. That, that's your that's your breakdown. Well, I mean, sometimes I listen to the outros and I'm like, "Fuck, man! Wow, I can't believe this happens. Like that people do that. Like yeah. send us, you know, and put in effort." Yeah, it's great. Uh, people like this show. You always forget that. You're always like, why do we do this show? Because <laughs> it's really good and people like it. And you're like, is it? Do they? And I'm like, yep. I told you. I just like don't have... Don't have the... I have exclusively like doubtful and suspicious opinions. Uh, if you're listening to this at the time that we posted it, we have one more show left. Come along tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. at Belly Union. Tickets on the door or online or mm. in your face. Yeah, in your face. Just reach up into that face and pull out tickets. You can also find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash groups slash being honest with my ex. Yeah. It's a fun little discussion group with cool people who like the show. I agree. Gavin's in there now. Yes. Well, that's, that's, well, okay. All right. <laughs> I suppose that's positive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, we have a subreddit. Where can they find that? Oh my God. I actually don't understand how to use Reddit still again. Okay. So still <laughs> again. Uh, if you go to reddit.com slash r slash being honest with my ex and you're a member of Reddit, which is free and easy, just click subscribe. And uh, if the algorithms like you, then they'll let us know, they'll let you know when we have new episodes and you can join in the conversation. Someone had a really good question that I actually wanted to do a whole episode on. So we'll do that sometime. Ooh. 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 And thank you for listening. Let, thank you for sticking with us through SJ's rough times. And my quite good times, frankly. You're fine. <laughs> Life's really good for me right now. Woohoo! I have enough worry for the two of us. It's lovely. <laughs> it's good to see you in the person. You want to kiss? You ready? Ready, ready? Okay. That was a real life kiss. It happened. That's true. <laughs> That's all from us. Goodbye. Bye-bye.